everyone. Good evening. It's great to see everyone. I'll speak. I'll make the introduction in Hebrew, and then because I don't want to embarrass you with all my personal comments. But I need my mash mitrageshet. Shayarav yeshli tashut v'taizdamnut la'tziget amoreshli. Mr. שהוא מגיע לארץ מאז 1992, כל שנה, לפעמים פעמיים בשנה. הקים פה תוכניות, עזר לנו לבנות את תובנה, כמו שהוא עוזר ברחבי העולם, הוא מלמד בגרמניה, הודו, אנגליה, אוסטרליה, צרפת, ברחבי אמריקה, ברחבי העולם. מביא את הלימוד שלו, שאני חושבת שיש לכולנו זכות גדולה לשמוע הערב. אתם מוזמנים גם להיכנס לאתר שלו, אתם תראו שם את שלל הפעילויות שיש לו. גם כתב הרבה ספרים. בקיצור, אתם רואים שאני נורא מתרגשות, לא יכולה לחשוב אפילו, אז אני אעביר את זכות הדיבור פשוט לכריסטופר עצמו. זו כריסטופר. Tovena and uh, friends for kindly arranging uh, my uh, visit here. Rather a, a lovely uh, facility as well. The theme for the uh, evening is on an engaged life and liberation. In fact, The two are actually, in my view, inseparable from each other. Anymore, I'd like to say you can't separate the wood from the trees. Liberation can't be separated from an engaged life and uh, vice, vice versa. I know yesterday that a few of you are possibly uh, voting. One of the good people on the retreat, which just finished at uh, Tovena, commented just at the end to the whole group, it was the most important, if I remember the words, most important election since the formation of the State of Israel. <laughs> And one person just sitting close by whispered in my ear, 
It's the most important election in the history of the world. <laughs> so, okay, I get the point. It's important. <laughs> All right, so I had a look just before coming in on the, on the BBC to... Not that I regard it as a great authority on anything, but anyway, I looked at the BBC, and according to the BBC, two or three hours ago, uh, nothing is absolutely uh, decided. So, uh, they have changed, and don't need to go into all of that, but the thought did arose. I hear this name, BB. <laughs> And I thought it was bye-bye, but anyway, <laughs> we shall see, inshallah. <laughs> anyway, so before getting underway, <laughs> before getting underway with you, yeah, um, it would be lovely just to hear, if you wish, just a few uh, uh, voices um, with regard to these just under two hours that we have together to hear uh, from you any area of specific interest or concern, anything that you would like me to uh, touch upon, I'll speak to you if I may for a short period and open up for some uh, questions. Definitely we'll make some uh, small groups, very important uh, aspect uh, of the evening and we'll just see how the good time flows uh, with you all. But mostly and primarily at the moment, I um, want to hear some of your good voices. And are there any areas of uh, general interest with the theme or associated uh, theme? So, uh, a statement or a, a question, and then I'll try to assimilate a little bit of what you might say. Who would like to uh, get the ball rolling, as we say? Yes, please, yes. Uh, <coughs> I wanted to ask. Yes, go on. So if I may, a little bit uh, easier, I'll um, <coughs> just respond to your Im important question. I'll reflect it back so that you can hear the question uh, as, as well, and then invite uh, another and just, just see how that uh, flows, uh, flows along there. So the question, uh, the sense of the question is, we look at the world and perhaps Perhaps uh, in the last um, 12 months or so, and certainly in the last two or three years, slowly, slowly, we're moving out of our little bubble about me and my personal life and if I am okay or not, which is a partly important question, to uh, a larger issue 
and it's an important one here, what is the relationship of a human being to the vast field of existence? Then we're really asking deep questions. And as we begin to be more aware of the human being's relationship to the whole field of life, not just to the family, not just to the workplace, not just to the nation-state, not just to the neighbours, but the whole being's relationship to the whole of life, then these kind of questions brings about a certain kind of receptivity, and that receptivity is that information is coming to us. But that information which is coming to us through the media, the social media, the TV, the radio, the newspapers, and the cappuccino conversations, uh, etc. My goodness me, one has to be extraordinarily mindful, incredibly careful about what one is absorbing, and also to remember to be happy. Because if one doesn't, and if one is just absorbing all this painful information, there is only one single outcome for this, it's despair. There is no other possibility, because the weight of us as very impressionable creatures, being vulnerable and receptive to this absorption that's going in, as sensitive creatures, which comes to our eyes and our ears, it passes into the being, and the accumulation of the impressions begin to weigh on the human being. And the weight of those impressions, and it is a weight on those impressions, weighs on the consciousness, weighs on the human spirit, it weighs on the feelings. And with that despair, there will have to be a secondary outcome, helplessness. And helpless human beings can't contribute to change. Because the self, which is the I and the me, caught in its own paralysis there, hasn't got the energy and to work on it. And we should not imagine, if I may say, speaking as a meditation teacher here, so a little bit of authority on this, one should not imagine sitting on a meditation cushion will overcome and dissolve the despair. There's no history of it. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> Human beings, we are at our best in the problematic situation of this weight uh, upon us. We've got to find just enough intention, not too much, but just enough to connect with others who are engaged. And perhaps out of that connection, out of that communication with other women and, and men who are engaged, that has then the chance to be receptive to that, and out of that we support, we act, and we respond. Because we're getting inspiration, we're getting insight, but most of all what we are getting is the potential for the heart and the mind and the voice to be liberated to free itself up to engage in the action. And that shift from despair, helplessness, what's the point, which is the mantra of the despairing mind, can shift, not as a result of our own efforts, because we've made, made a single effort, we've gone out of our front door on a nice summer's evening, like you have done this evening, and we have said to ourselves, I want to see what's going on. 
I want to find out what other women and men are doing, how they are engaged, and what gives them support. And that movement is one of the most important movements for women and men on this earth. It's to get together to act. And then we take some quiet time, we gain some renewal, and we act. Then we gain some quiet time, and then we act. And that's the shift. That's a big one. <coughs> the life of the earth depends on it. It's that serious. Thank you for a really important and valuable question. Yes, sir. I want to proceed this. Proceed, yeah. yes, please do, yes. Um, are you following okay with my English? Um, apologies for not speaking Hebrew. I've only been coming here annually since 1992. <laughs> After humus and shalom, I'm stuck. I have to tell you this but right in the middle of the Antifada which was not the best I, I arrived here I got to the uh, you know, as you, as you know when I go to the airport you arrive and then <coughs> nationals were on one side and then the foreigners were on the other side uh, there. during the, uh, the very difficult periods uh, there there were hardly any foreigners coming uh, uh, in so the, the good man behind the desk you know, there's a little glass screen there and yes, I, I regard it as an internationalist I, the, I regard it as a silly ritual you have a little book, you hand it over and you go oh you've been here before yo, yes and then he hands it back who dreamt this up, why can't we be free to go anywhere, but anyway uh, there. He said, what's the purpose of your visit? And I said, humus, but my pronunciation is so bad, he said, Hamas? No, 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 humus! Anyway, he said, oh, all right, okay. All right, all right. Close up, yes. You spoke Go. about engage Go. and act. Yes. Which are very large words. All right. Engage in what? Okay. Act towards what? Alright. Yes, good question. Yeah. So an engagement is our capacity to in different ways to see an issue which in this case which is outside of ourself, which we have an interest in, which we wish to perhaps initially learn from or support and the primary intention with the action is to reduce or end suffering. That is an engagement. That engagement for some will be a, a number of people here with regard to the world of mind-body, to the various traditions East and West, secular, spiritual and religious in the very best sense when that engagement is to have enough knowledge and skill with others to change a situation which is causing harm or suffering for people, animals or and the environment. That is the engagement. For some, it doesn't necessarily mean going out of one's front door uh, there, though I think many, many cases it does, but there are some, including in the hall here, who have 
in the world of social media, computer skills, uh, 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 etc. Wish to engage and find ways to put the word out, but all the media, mobile phone, social media access is a kind of poor, very poor substitute for the real world. <coughs> and it's a great tragedy of life in our culture and environment where more and more time is being spent in this abstract theoretical substitute world called social uh, media which is taking us away from the real world and real connection and to me that is the primary engagement with a little bit of support from the social media world which you know probably may have helped quite a few people here to come here this evening but the, there and action it is, an, it is an engagement and for some of us including myself in the kind of Dharma spiritual world and circles which I uh, find myself uh, moving in far too much that quite a lot of people in the circles that I move in are doing genuinely precious work at the very personal level from the yoga teachers, the meditation teachers, the psychotherapists and, and uh, many many others and there's a whole army of wonderful people doing this kind of work in this hall of course and uh, elsewhere but we also need action and action is an action, in my view, is an action which is contributing to changing the system as the Extinction Rebellion friends will say, to disrupt it. And that means it's in the potency for some people of working for radical change to end consumerism, particularly because it's the most destructive ideology in the entire history of our species there, that it's supported by a, an ideology of capitalism and profit-making and exploitation, and those two are the foundations there. And I, so therefore I say action is to find ways and means to disrupt this, because it cannot continue like this. Uh, there. So there's the engagement with, with others, and as I say, for some of us, action is part of that engagement and, the, and to see what ways we contribute and I do say both are important and, and are valid. Can I proceed? You're, you're welcome. Personally, yes. concerning engagement and yes. reducing suffering, yes. I personally engage with Tobana and yes. Dharma's so forth and meditation for Beautiful. about two and a half years. Nice, good spirit. Nice. Personally, I'm concerned about reducing my own suffering. Yes. And I do believe it affects my social uh, yeah. relationships yes. and so forth. So I'm benefit so I'm benefiting of it and yeah. probably the people that I'm engaged with. Yes. Uh, I'm not so concerned, no. maybe I think it's too big 
to act against capitalism, yeah. the Western world. I feel like this is swimming against the stream. Uh, okay. so it's, I, so, it's so strong. Right. And when I'm thinking about swimming against the stream, I think about salmon, <laughs> which are bravely swimming against the stream, and they're coming to the place that they were born, mm. they spawn, and they die. All right. I just want to keep you a little bit. So, appreciate the good support for uh, Tovia, and there's a, I was just um, hearing from some of the staff out at Indoor, um, just, just got back there uh, yesterday, and it was a, a delight to hear. This is for those who haven't been there, it's uh, where the retreats are held, more than 40 are held every year there. And since, um, from the kibbutz uh, to Eindor, since it first started, more than 20,000 people have participated in retreats there. In the last year, more than 250 people have been on the team, you know, with the cooking and managing and so forth. So there's a wonderful sangha of men and women really working and cooperating together, which is their engagement to support and make things happen. And it's a credit to everybody who does that. I appreciate the second point that you make, and we really have to look at this one, for some of us, for some of us. And what I mean by that is that the self can feel sometimes kind of small. You know, we, we can feel rather uh, huge big issues and we feel kind of small in the face of such immensity uh, of, of this world. But in a way, the large and the small is a kind of view. And the view, if it's too strong, can inhibit... You, you wonder... Or free move away, etc. I've got the same privilege too, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes it's it, it kind of stepping out of the comfort zone a little, a little, a little bit with, um, uh, with the view. Um, I don't want to show off here, but just a small uh, uh, example. In the mid 1980s, there was this nuclear power accident, Chernobyl. And as, as we know, the outcome of that spread uh, not only in the area of Russia, but it spread through the wind right across even to, uh, across the pond to, to the, uh, Canada and uh, the, the US. And friends were contacting myself about it. And I thought, you know, I'm just a meditation teacher and I live in this small town. But the outcome uh, of that, and love enough by information, that, if I may say, in 1986, which was the following year, I stood for Parliament for the Green Party, I was so concerned, I stood for Parliament for the Green Party in 1992, and ended up writing a book called The Green Buddha on, on activism uh, uh, there. So sometimes it's a small, it's not very important, but a small example, something touches us, and we just, we have to move out of our world, out of our kind of comfort zone, as I might call it there, into something fresh and new. Uh, and there's a certain kind of trust in following that through. I mean, some of my friends that thought I completely lost the plot, 
and uh, she just keep teaching meditation and talk about loving kindness only sitting on the cushion uh, but some people did act that's what we do <laughs> yes anyone anything you'd like to ask or respond to Yes, please, yes. Mm. Engagement. engagement, yes. I didn't quite hear the word, I'm sorry. I've just about to, yes. So, we can look at our life, and as a good person said there, we might ask ourselves, um, can I be more engaged than I am uh, currently? Uh, there. And there are many, many ways to look at, look at this. So we could start with just the home life for a, a, a moment and uh, that would consider for an engaged life with a larger vision um, as is, uh, I know with the retreats as well and uh, el elsewhere that if it's going an engaged life for some will require um, a significant change in the diet that would be to support life on earth the ending of eating meat and possibly the ending or massive reduction in dairy products. We might look at our um, situation with regard to our clothes, which is the fifth biggest polluter on this earth and this whole fashion industry uh, there, which is designed to get us to buy our attention, to spend money, uh, etc. And we might ask ourselves, can I just buy, if I am buying clothes, that which I am replacing? We might look at our re relationship to these things, the air conditioning. Uh, there. And air conditioning, there are 1.6 billion units on this earth. And we look at this uh, there and we say, is it really so difficult to have some warm sensations in the body? Is it really, are we, are we capable? 
of just having warm sensations instead of cool ones, uh, etc. We might look at our relationship uh, um, with the aeroplanes. So my beloved friends, I think they're my friends, they, they say to me, some will say to me with, in one ear, oh Christopher, it's lovely, you do such Dharma service, you know, and you travel to different places, blah, 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 and uh, appreciative uh, of that. And the other friend saying, you're setting a very bad example. You're getting on aeroplanes. No, you shouldn't be doing that. You're contributing to the pollution. See, both ears. That's why we have two ears, really. Like one, one sticks out to catch the criticism. <laughs> uh, uh, there. So then we look at, we look at that, because we, we're interested in an engaged life. Am I willing only to travel by aeroplane for two to three primary reasons and no other? One is, I'm really going to learn something. Sometimes we all know we need to be out of our own country because it's too dogmatic and narrow and limited. And we need to breathe. And for some, it's getting out of it. Uh, there. For uh, others, we, we need to, as I say, we need to learn or we have something to share and offer which will be of benefit. Therefore, we can use the plane. We may have loved ones in other places. We can, I, for me, I say we can use the plane uh, for, for that. But are we willing to stop using the plane for holidays? Are we willing to stop uh, using the plane for these mindless conferences that go on when there's plenty of other ways of communicating, etc.? Similarly with the car and much more. It's a quiet, disciplined, real conscious examination of our life, learning from others. In Totnes, where I live, there, we started a whole sustainable society uh, program, and we were meeting in our street. You could actually consider this. This is about engagement in our street. And question, how are we using our resources at home? So we, there's 56 houses in our, in our streets. One of those, you know, instantly forgettable English streets. You know, boring as boring for people. And so people would come in the living room with a cup of tea because, you know, it's England. <laughs> and, and as one knows in England, if there's a crisis in Britain, if you don't know this, the first thing you do is put the kettle on. It's halfway to resolution. So we would meet, and I was touched. I'm you know, reasonably green. I'm an activist. I'm an environmentalist, you know, etc. There were people in who would say, "We turn off people at home. Sometimes they're elderly, and sometimes young. Every single appliance at night, nothing is left on. In the cold of the winter, we shut the rooms and turn the lights off." Um, so the heating if, with the radiators is just for those rooms which are which are uh, are being uh, uh, used. There, we keep the the temperature, the heat, the radiators down to an absolute maximum uh, of 20 degrees or 18 degrees, and wear one or two warm jumpers. And when asked why are you doing it, there seem to be three primary reasons for this. One of those reasons that was, be, was being done, very simple, save money. 
the, se the second reason that it was being done for thinking of the grandchildren the elderly and the third re reason neither personal nor family members but it's part of what we have to do to change and I say all of that is part of what an exchange life is it's constant questioning constant looking at learning from others contact with others and and some of it it's going to be difficult but if we don't do it it's going to be a hell of a lot more difficult and if it's not for our generation it will be for the next and the ones after and that's that and as I said earlier on remember to enjoy life goodness me short enough and those of us in the uh, white haired club is getting shorter so uh, so play good spirit remember to dance the poetry of life the gardens and the trees and, and the flowers and remember to hug the trees and stroke the cats and, uh, and uh, do all the things that give a spark to life Ooh, we need our arts, we need our musicians, we need our poets and our authors and our plays. We need the nourishment, because if we don't have artistic and spiritual nourishment, we'll die, spiritually. So the resources are, are there, and that's all, all part of this engagement with life, and we need every, every one of us uh, for that. Yes, yes sir. How are we doing? Not bad, 22, all right, go on. Um, <laughs> so, how do you deal with the social alienation that comes up? I, I missed the words, I'm sorry. How do I deal with who? Sorry? I, I missed, I missed that, I didn't catch. I'm saying, how do you deal with the social alienation that often comes with the, the sort of engaged lifestyle, because, you know, okay, I'm vegan, I only buy uh, second-hand clothes and wear them until they disintegrate, and... Uh, Turn off the AC, so I'm sweaty all day, and now yes. you know nobody in my family wants to hear about it anymore. And everybody <laughs> at work thinks I'm a freak, and uh, you know you have regular people living their lives not engaged who yeah. completely disagree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, first, people hear the question that one's exploring all those points and many more, of course, that you just referred to. I tend to find. Where, when others have a more, uh, some of them may have to say a more cynical viewpoint, or they may put it down, or uh, us down, or say, well, you're just romantic, you're idealist, there's nothing that you can be done, and what's the point, etc. When I hear these voices, then I know, yes, Christopher, you're on the right track. <laughs> no better confirmation. Um, than others um, uh, trying to undermine uh, that which has an integral value and authenticity to it. That yes, thank you, good. And, and not to compromise, not to sell one's soul out to, be, um, to gain the approval of others. Not to be afraid to sit at the table and say, well, is it really necessary we eat the legs of chickens and the backsides of cows? Not to be, af not to be afraid. No. And sometimes we can also ask rather uh, sweetly and politely, but let's keep the conversation alive. Let's not 
go quietly because of fear of disapproval. Oh, you can't live like that. Can I Please do, you, you absolutely, yes, that's all we have for. Thank you. <laughs> It is a concern of mine as well. It, it, it's almost the privatization of the spiritual life and being politically correct and doing the right, right, right things. Uh, and to come back to the active aspect of all of this, the engagement. The, if I'm just thinking about me and my life, it is a terribly small world to live, live in of me and my circle of friends. So the engagement is stepping outside of those fields that might lead to some action, in some intention to change or disrupt the system, so the authenticity of protest the authenticity of the uh, critique, the authenticity of the demonstrations, of the liberation of the voice, then we can talk about in, uh, engagement. Uh, so that, as I mentioned earlier, it's the liberation of the voice, it's the liberation of action, it's the liberation of the intentions uh, there. And if we are to walk the talk, then those things will apply that you just referred to in ourselves and with others, those changes. But they are small demonstrations in the preparation and in the action for the welfare of people, animals and the environment. And if it's just confined to one, the privileged elite, uh, it is nowhere near enough. And unfortunately in the Buddhist world, it's sometimes to me it looks like a navel gazing club. What? Navel gazing club. Can <laughs> 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 anybody translate navel gazing club? <laughs> gazing, yeah, the gate there. You know, rise and fall of the stomach, you know, in and out breath. As though it's somehow the answer to our prayers. It could be the death of them. All right. <laughs> it's, it's the big vision, that, that, uh, and that's the, the bit of the theme with you uh, uh, this, this evening. All right, a couple more questions, and then it's going to be some, some groups. Yes, please. Uh, yes. You've been coming for many years and also visiting the Palestinians, yeah. the occupying yeah. territory. 
Can you share with us some of your late impressions about what's happening in the peacemaking movement? Yeah. How long would you like me to talk? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Initially, firstly, I'm a Dharma teacher. Um, it's not my concern nor my interest in the um, construction of the self to form an identity. I don't see it as very deep, very profound, and frankly I don't regard it as either true in itself. So the construct may be around this wallah. Oh, oh, Christopher English, or, 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 or whatever. Just by virtue of the fact of being born on some small farm in some unforgettable place in some blah 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 and all the, all the other uh, bits and uh, uh, pieces. But I think if we get deeper uh, into life, the formations of identity, Israel, Palestine, you know, Israeli, Palestinian, whatever, Jewish, uh, Muslim, or whatever it might be, that all, all of these uh, identities, so easily, there's kind of four outcomes. I'm not impressed with any of them. So one, in a nice way, oh, we all agree. We're different, but we agree. We want to get on with each other. There's something sweet about it, but I'm not so sure if we can go deep enough. And the second is we don't agree. Let's, you know, etc. So that's so. There's the self of my identity, the self of your identity, whoever it is, and there is conflict. And how easy the self identifies with its identity as if its identity is somehow more important than the other's identity. And that construction consistently leads to uh, a, lot of, a lot of pain. Uh, and then sometimes in the view that arises around uh, uh, identity, it's, oh, well, it's, we are at fault to some degree, you are at fault to some degree, we are trying to working on this to some degree, you are working on this to some degree. So it's you know, agreement, disagreement, a bit, a bit of each uh, there, or I, don't, I just don't know what to do. Uh, and these views, between these four, contribute to forming political views, social views, relationship with the uh, uh, other views. Can I think I'd go a lot deeper than that? And what I mean in, in terms of relationship and response to the question, frankly, I'm not concerned with being English. I've, actually, I can't even remember when I was. Um, or uh, Israeli, or Palestinian, or, or, or whatever. There's all these long stories that go with this. Since I first came in 1992, um, probably been to Palestine, 20 times, well, actually I used to come twice a year, so I, I actually more work with the Palestinians, primarily in Nablus, uh, they're primarily w with uh, women traumatized by the events uh, uh, there, um, meeting with some of the elders in Nablus and uh, workshops, all trying to contribute to resolving some of the problems and issues, of course the non-violent voice never changing for a single uh, uh, 
uh, moment and having to listen, listen to some harrowing, painful stories. Many, many, many. Some would bring me to tears what things I had, I, I had to uh, uh, listen to. It wasn't because they were Palestinian. It was because of human being relating to a human being, listening to each other, sharing what knowledge we have. And therefore the, the self called Palestinian, the self called Israeli, um, was treated very lightly because deep down we're none of that. That's what we've been told. We weren't born with the idea, we were told the idea. And in getting underneath it, then something else. So this afternoon I had a two, three hour meeting with a much loved Palestinian uh, friend. We had a long conversation and uh, she's very much in, involved in change, in uh, 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 activism. Um, and m meeting with some of the political leaders in London and, uh, and so forth. And one of the things in the years that I know her, and she does a lot of Dharma practice, she's very dedicated to her uh, Dharma practice, that when we were uh, t talk talking together, it's not just about, oh, we have common feelings and common uh, emotions and common suffering, uh, etc. That is part of the of the dialogue, but what goes deeper is some clear acknowledgement needs to take place, which starts to address things in a completely different way, and that dialogue is, is vital to acknowledge something which is going on deeper than the identity, and perhaps somewhere in the deep of the human being. There's a release, a liberation of an imagination which the politicians do not have. They have long since lost any access to. And I say that because the primary reason is the addiction to power. And this, this addiction to power and holding on to it at any cost, no matter who it hurts, <coughs> with the threat, it means that authentic power, the power to act, the engagement in the action, is with us. We are the ones who will bring about the change. It, I cannot see it happening from the top because the self is so addicted to the power it wishes to retain it at all costs. So how could it see out of itself? But we have a chance. We have mindfulness, we have awareness, we have inquiry, we know the importance of love, we know the importance of communication, we know the importance of action. And so it's our voices which will be the voices for, for change. It's in the non-party politics that the real action is, is happening. And here I will put my faith and trust. And no, no, no time for these politicians. Uh, there. And it, no, I was reading some years ago, try not to quote the Buddha too often, just don't, don't. and I, was, I asked Asaf, some of you know Asaf, this is Asaf Federman, he knows, the, he knows the Pali language very, very well, the language of the Buddha, so I would check in with him uh, uh, passage. So the Buddha uh, I'm a big fan of the Buddha. Uh, <laughs> I apologise. Not too much, but I apologise. 
It is often regarded that he set up the first democracy. It was him who brought people together and the view was at the time and there's some reflection for us here that if something couldn't arise which was wise and ethical and caring through consensus it couldn't arise through consensus then it would arise then there had to be the vote and the vote would would take place and he said for a vote to take place the human being who is voting must know themselves well enough so that one is not voting out of self-interest one must also know the subject matter of what one is voting for and thirdly there must be a real ethic in which and a real ethic does not have in it fear and blame ethics knowing oneself there knowing the subject matter uh, well and not voting out of self-interest my goodness me what a different country would we would all be living in if that was the guiding line for our vote Whoa. and the dialogues are, uh, uh, really uh, uh, important uh, in this and uh, commented in the hall in uh, uh, Eindor uh, because when I first came here um, and I heard the, the word early 1990s IDF, some of you may have a little knowledge of the IDF I thought it was the Israeli Dharma Force <laughs> <laughs> then I found out oh no it's not quite that <laughs> uh, 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 etc. And at um, so just I mean I actually meant it, you know, even though it's a little bit off the wall. I said for reconciliation and mutual um, understanding there. If the IDF went into Palestine um, unarmed next month. <coughs> and helped with the olive picking of the Palestinians far more would be accomplished that way than what's happened in the last 70 years we should not underestimate the power of friendship and kindness and, co and cooperation and those of us who have spent a lot of time with the Palestinian uh, thank you for asking because that can I can get on a roll in this one. Uh, I spent plenty of time with the Pal Palestinians in, 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 in a variety of uh, situations. Okay? Uh, some of you uh, will know. What is really remarkable there, how little violence comes, how irregular it is, and how tragic it is, as some of you will have heard, of a young Palestinian woman with a, with a knife you know, which is violent, I agree. But for, for, her, for a soldier to shoot her and kill her, my goodness me, on the streets of London every day in an unarmed police force, they are getting threats with knives, serious knives, some really heavy-duty guys, 
and they have the skills and the knowledge of how to handle those kind of threats. And I think it's just one small example of what I mean, that the whole way of looking and the relationship um, has to change uh, uh, there. And, uh, and again, it will not come from those in power. It will come from us. We are the voices. We have to check out. We have to see what steps we can make. And it is a bit of a pity, I may say. You know, you know, you know Israel fairly well. You know, all these years have come in. How little reference there was to the circumstances of those people in Gaza, to the uh, uh, the people in so-called West uh, uh, West Bank and the, and the zones A, B, and C, and all all, all else. We mustn't shrink into a nationalistic, you know, like it's happening in Britain and elsewhere. It's more just thinking about ourselves and wanting to keep out everything else. We mustn't go that way. We're not being respectful to each other, to our species. We do care for our country, of course we do. But let's ensure that that care is equal everywhere too. And that's a huge challenge because we're up against the proper propaganda machine. Thanks. Got that one off my chest. All right, Thank go you. on. Yes, Thank you. Um, continuing this, but on another kind of uh, topic, I would want to hear more of your wise thoughts uh, of um, how do we keep this doing and this activism and this engaged in beautiful words of like, not going against our species together with another Dharma instruction. I don't know if it's a Dharma instruction, but I feel you know that you spoke about happiness before. Yeah. And, um, everything's also okay. You know, it's always this battle of the me mind that something's wrong, something needs to be fixed. So how do we hold these two together? I, from what you said before about the voting, I thought, oh, there's the answer, really, because it's, you do have you have the guidelines of ethics, so everything's okay. Uh, or on a small level, but we also know what's not, and then it's just do it with something that frees you. Yeah. And if you can say it, uh, I would appreciate how we can live together with acceptance um, <laughs> and with things that we speak say yeah. um, we're not in that game. Uh, a few, if um, I may say, uh, important uh, points there. So with engagement and, uh, and, and action, nobody, but nobody, can sustain this all the time. It is not in human capability. So therefore, there has to be renewal. I remember making a, a pilgrimage to Mount Sinai and um, with a partner at the, at the time, of course, I had to go and pick just one of the hottest days of the year in Mount Sinai, I think it was like 47, it was a hot walk up that hill. And in the, and then coming back down with a man with a, with a camel, last time I'd seen camels, I think, was when I was hitchhiking across Afghanistan a few years <laughs> before, quite a few years before. And he said something like the number of liters that the camel can consume 
It's phenomenal. And then they go for a month, da, 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 and then they come, come back. We have to be like camels. So we have to know what our energy is, we get nurtured, we get nourished. You know, and then the, water, the water hole is called Eindor, that's a free advertisement. And, uh, and then we go and serve, and then we come back. But even in the moment, if I may say, taking um, Eindor as an example, uh, it's full on, wonderful teachers uh, working with myself and giving uh, support, but it's, it's for like over the 14 days or so, full on, there's a lot of shit going on in people's lives, a lot, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. But even there, though at times we're doing the one-to-ones, we're doing the groups, the inquiries, the guided meditations, the instructions and the talks, but Plenty of times in the day, Christopher the teacher is not around. And what, what I mean by that is, the identity, back to the identity called the teacher, the Dharma teacher, which I refer to myself as a servant of the Dharma, that, that is, in the time when I'm either speaking or listening or doing something on behalf of but there are plenty of moments in the day where the identity called the teacher is not there. I'm in my room, whatever. I'm taking a nice quiet evening walk, uh, and plenty of other moments. We've got to be so, with the mindfulness, crystal clear. You might be a mother or a, or a father, and you've got kids. It's not a 24-7 role, it's a myth. There are plenty of moments when the role is there, full on, doing something or behind. But plenty of moments as well when the role is not there. Thank God. <laughs> Etc. And to know those moments, to know the absence of the identity, therefore there's a certain kind of space. And in that space, we enjoy life, do what we do, we have a quiet time, or whatever it might be, like the camel, we get renewed, and with that energy, we can then go back into being the mum, the dad, uh, the teacher, the therapist, the activist, or whatever. We've got to know its presence and its absence. And that the, quote him again, the, the Buddha, because he knew one or two things about mindfulness. He said, one is not only mindful of what is present, and this sometimes gets forgotten. He says, one is mindful of what is not present. And sometimes the mindfulness of not present is heavenly. So some of you know the Buddhist Dharma world rather well, will have heard, it's not I go for, I take refuge in the Buddha, you've probably heard this, uh, I go for refuge in the Dharma, I go for <coughs> refuge in the Sangha, and it's called the Three Jewels, and some of us, and Christopher is one, we have a fourth jewel. I go for refuge from the Sangha. <laughs> Sometimes I'm <laughs> thrilled and happy to be out of your sight. <laughs> Sky above, earth below, some trees, nice cappuccino, <laughs> alone, wonderful. And then one 
panel got renewed, and then we, 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 we got to explore. <laughs> All right. One more, and then uh, the groups, the groups, it's the most important. mention a brief uh, reference to um, Extinction Rebellion some of you may have uh, XR which started one year uh, or started 18 months ago with some of the left activists realising that the frequent way of doing things has to change given the scale of the emergency so plenty of us, and perhaps a number of you as well, have been on the demonstrations, and we know what they're like. Starts off around, oh, Christmas has come early. Marvellous. I said I end off with, with this. The silence is just lovely, and I said, the activist inside of me sometimes wants to get up in the middle of the night with a screwdriver, <laughs> go over to that air conditioning, and quietly unplug <laughs> take the plug off so there's no damage hide the plug under my pillow in my bedroom uh, there so we can have a nice quiet silence there with little extra warm sensations to fuel our comfort zone <laughs> or test it uh, whatever so um, with Extinction Rebellion pretty imaginative uh, crowd of uh, people uh, there the, uh, the, the old uh, uh, left is uh, take some uh, sweet responsibility but the view is the key word this is around climate emergency and all that goes with it the key buzz word is disrupt that's the word that penetrates uh, the uh, campaign. So instead of just walking down, you know, getting the okay from the police and walking down Oxford Street in uh, in London, you know, that's the, that's the consumer hell realm in terms of my view. Uh, there, they got this huge wooden boat. Don't know how they did it in the middle of the night, and they planted it in the middle of the city. <laughs> and they sat around there. They went to the stations and glued themselves to the walls and to the fences and all these uh, uh, other things. And when they were on the bridge, bridges uh, there, they, the whole philosophy is to be kind. It's very Buddhist orientated, you know. We're in the kindness business and they surely are. So it's mindfulness, as one of the monks said to me, and kindfulness, <laughs> rather a nice word there. So they're on the bridge. They're being terribly nice to the, to the English police. Not arguing, not shouting, and begging them like this, please arrest us. Please, we, we need you to arrest us. Take us to prison. Because 
we want 500 of us to be arrested today because if 500 are arrested there will be more publicity tomorrow and the police said look we really want to arrest you <laughs> not that we don't want to you're obstructing there only ambulances were allowed and fire engines were allowed to go by but nothing else we want to arrest you we want to take you to prison but he said the government have made so many cuts to the police service we haven't got the officers and we haven't got the vehicles to put you in to take you to the cells and so only 89 were arrested they were bitterly disappointed <laughs> there. and some were taken 50 miles away because the cells were all booked up either with criminals or activists uh, uh, there and then the following morning which right, rather, and some of my Dharma friends uh, uh, and teachers too have been uh, ar uh, arrested and the following morning the pr or later in the day the police would come the police officers and open the cell door and let them out and some said our children have told us please treat the activists very nicely and very kindly because they're speaking for us they're our voices and that and so at home on the railway station in Totnes uh, you know, there's uh, Friday for the future there. and the children are getting out of not going to school on a Friday and they're there they're on the railway station going to the next city half an hour up the line and they've got all these outfits on and they've got all these posters and all these protests going on sometimes their mums and dads are with them and the kids are trying to get the teachers to come with them and close the school down and all these initiatives are going on because the children know we cannot go on living when the fossil fuels are disappearing the oil is, dis is disappearing there's massive deforestation the lungs of the earth 62% of, of animal bird species have disappeared since 1970 we have a population of seven and a half billion uh, uh, people there's growing water crisis 11 countries this summer had the hottest weather they'd ever seen or known in their history we see the problem is massive the children are protesting the children are engaged the children are uh, uh, active we have a duty and a responsibility to support them and that is part of the uh, engagement and action that I'm, that I'm uh, talking about. And it's a huge challenge because we see that when people are insecure, when people are uncertain, afraid and fearful, there is a transference from themselves onto powerful authority figures. The lack of self-worth and the lack of empowerment is is producing the Donald Trumps and the Boris Johnsons and the Netanyahu's and the Erdogan's and, and the Putins and the Asafs, the Syrians and, and the, the Modi's in China and, and, and uh, in Japan. More and more authoritarian figures are controlling and dominating our lives because of the transference of helplessness and thinking, oh, he, nearly always, he will answer that's not healthy.
that is extraordinarily unhealthy. And we have to recover our voice and share and talk. And we have our own quiet empowerment to make change. And that's a huge undertaking. And, uh, and it may not be for ourselves, but let's think of the children and the grandchildren and the future generations. Let's have a, a couple of minutes uh, quiet period and then some small groups for 20 minutes. And then we'll three minutes sharing the silence together. various roles and identities in life quietly fade. So there is just being. Without any doing. being mindful, being present, being rather still.
quietness of our being, we can find natural organic renewal. So there are no demands on the body, nor on the mind, nor on the heart. Contributes to doing. And from doing for renewal to being. So there is no burnout. no despair every day offers us, offers us the opportunity of just being and every day offers the opportunity for doing, for engagement and we ensure as much as possible our engagements are wise caring and skillful so it is a liberation into what is wise caring and skillful exploration contributes to a fulfilled and noble way of life. speech and our body so that we are agents of change.
explore our practices to keep us calm, mindful and clear day by day. invite you to form into some small groups, perhaps around uh, six or seven in a, a group and there is a theme, themes which go with this a little bit, so be lovely if in the small group a, uh, each voice might like just to give uh, your first name of course, and currently, if in any way you're engaged or active in any areas of life, working life, much more, are there any areas in life which you feel currently are important for you and you are giving some consideration to what steps to take there? You might, if you wish, share a little bit about what gives you renewal there, whether, whether you're a mum or a dad or a worker or a student or whatever it might be. So the intention with the, with the group is that everybody has a voice. Nobody's voice should dominate uh, the, uh, the group. If, as I mentioned, if you'd like to give your first name there, any areas of work or study or application or commitments that you have, in the languages of engagement, service, action, uh, there, and any areas which you're interested in, and sometimes others know about those areas, may be able to uh, offer uh, there. So there is a period of time for around uh, around 20 minutes uh, there for, for this exchange uh, between you. Uh, is the general guidelines clear enough? So uh, I'll leave you to form into uh, group around six or seven uh, 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 people there and I'll give the gong a ring in 20 minutes and then the last 15 minutes we'll have a little bit more exchange.